Greetings and welcome to the VBCRA podcast, a Building Code Geeks podcast. My name is Christina Jackson. I am your host and VBCOA education chair. With me on today, I have Mr. Mike Dillinger, building official for Albemarle County. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, Christine. Thank you. All right. So, Mike, before we get into the interview, I want to have our listeners start off. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, I am the building official for Albemarle County. I've been there for seven years. I actually started in code enforcement in 2002 at the city of Harrisonburg, and I was at that jurisdiction uh, for 12 years, and then I left there to be the building official for Shenandoah County for five years uh, before I moved on to Albemarle County. Okay. And so what, so your career path said you started off in code enforcement. How did you get into code enforcement? So I was actually a contractor. So I've been doing construction work basically since I was 16 years old. So uh, if you do the math, uh, I've been in it for, in the construction field for about 35, 36 years. Oh, okay. Uh, So uh, in 2002, I was contacted by the city of Harrisonburg as they were changing their program to have combination inspectors. Okay. And so they uh, had a inspector that uh, was in an automobile uh, accident and passed on. And so the building official knew me and knew of my qualifications as a contractor and asked if I would be interested in changing careers. Oh, okay. And you took them up on that offer. I took them up on that (laughs) offer. So what does it take to be a building official? So uh, building official, the, the state has requirements of five years of experience and uh, the equivalent of some type of knowledge to uh, architectural or engineering uh, background. So mm-hmm. they want you to know the principles in that. Um, but it really experiences the best uh, education to be a building That's official. That's right. I and agree. so you've got to get started, you know, in the, the field uh, as inspectors. So, you know, we try to uh, talk to our uh, local uh, trade schools and technical schools to try to get them to get their students interested in uh, this type of a field when when they're going through uh, uh, the classes because we need folks coming in and the the uh, fields that we have out there now just do not supply the applicants to mm-hmm. uh, to come into our industry anymore. So, what does being a build official of Albemarle County look like? It's a busy job. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it we have a lot of shortage of housing. So okay. Uh, even during the pandemic, we'd never missed a single day uh, of doing inspections. So really, uh, we uh, with our staff, um, including myself and and our three plan reviewers, uh, we're a staff of fourteen, uh, and we do approximately. Uh, 55 to 60,000 inspections annually. Really? Yeah. Wow. And you're on the western part of the state, right? We're on the western part of the state. We're uh, Albemarle County uh, is uh, in the jurisdiction area of Charlottesville. So a lot of people think when they're around 29 in, in that area that they're actually in Charlottesville. But the urban area of Albemarle County uh, extends out uh, to that part. So Charlottesville is really only about... 10 square miles and the rest of what you're seeing in the pan tops and the 29 area is actually Albemarle County. Really? I just learned something (laughs) new. Oh my goodness. Cause I'm always up that way. You know, I take 64 going home to Ohio. So I'm always passing through and now I just learned that most of that is Albemarle (laughs) County. (laughs) Um, 
so Mike, what's another interesting part of your job that you do that you might do for the state that our listeners might be interested in? Well, we don't perform property maintenance in our county. We do not uh, and have not adopted the property maintenance code. However, our, um, That's our jurisdiction, heart, our jurisdiction uh, <laughs> folks, our supervisors have decided to uh, go another route. So we actually use the spot uh, blight abatement. Okay. For that. So okay. uh, being a rural county, you know, and, and having the urban ring makes it very challenging for us if we would have a property maintenance code. Okay. So, you know, we have to look at the tools that we have in the toolbox. That's and, right. You know, right now the spot blight abatement is probably the best tool that we have in our toolbox. Okay. Okay. And how many inspectors do you have in Abramala County? So inspector-wise, we have... I think nine. Okay. So, okay. Good, yeah. good number of folks for the county. Um, Mike, you also do amusement device inspection, I devices do. inspection. Yep. What yep. does that entail? So, anytime a uh, mobile carnival comes into your jurisdiction, uh, when they set up, they have to get permits and inspections on that. The building departments are in charge of <laughs> those inspections. Um, one interesting fact that a lot of people don't realize is that normally with other inspections, when you hire a new inspector, they can do inspections while they are learning and earning their certificates. Mm-hmm. Uh, in amusement devices, you have to actually be certified before you can actually start performing amusement device inspections. Which makes sense. Right. So, <laughs> you know, we want to make sure that, um, you know, the folks that's doing those inspections actually understand what they're doing, uh, you know, because... You know, you got a mechanical device, and it, we've it, all seen the videos that are going around. You know, the TikTok video of the um, with the one where they're sitting down and it's spinning out of control, and all of the passerbys and uh, fairgoers they hold the fence down to hold it down to keep it from like falling or tipping over one way or the other. And so you're right. Amusement device inspectors are very important so we can quit seeing those type of videos being viral on the internet. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, out of the amusement devices and you think of the many of thousands that's out there, you know, you have those one or two that hit the, you know, hit the mainstream media and that's what comes out. But all in all, they are extremely safe devices. Um, I would say that it, out of the ones that you see in the accidents, it's usually a patron error okay. uh, that causes okay. uh, the issues. Okay. So it's usually not as much as the device. And, of course, it's mechanical. You know, it will have right. issues. But, you know, most of them have safety devices in it that are there to stop, stop you know, those issues. Yes. And, and, and if something breaks, that people don't get hurt. But you know, they, these, these folks don't want to have accidents, you know, associated with their name. Correct. So they're going to do what they have to do as well to make sure that, you know, the device is safe. How long have you been doing amusement device inspection? So I actually started doing, uh, teaching for the state. I believe it was somewhere around 2010, mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. Uh, but, I, that's when I actually started teaching the, the amusement devices. Uh, so I had been mentoring with uh, with some folks in our county uh, years prior to that. So I waited until I felt comfortable enough to actually go uh, <laughs> become more involved. Right, in right, devices. right. So, so what's the scariest amusement device 
inspection you've done? Because we're talking about like roller coasters, Ferris wheels, because I'm afraid of heights. So my hat's off to you because I don't know if I could be an amusement device inspector. But what's been one of the ones you'd be like, oh, okay. I wouldn't say that I've actually had anything that's actually scared me, um, you know, or scary devices. Um, you know, we had a, when I worked in Shenandoah County, there was an accident that occurred in the neighboring county a couple of weeks before our fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the things that um, that I had to do is I made sure that we brought in the media. And, you know, I wanted to reassure people that the devices was safe. You know, I told them in, in, the, in the article, I said, I will be at the fair every night that it's going on. I will be there to, you know, overlook and, and see things, which we normally don't do. Once we do the inspection and we attach the certification uh, of compliance, then it's up to the show owner and they do their daily inspections and it's up to them to maintain it. So when that sticker goes on that device, it means at that at that point in time on that day, mm-hmm. everything was in compliance. Mm. So we can't be there the entire time they're running the show, you know, and if something has a major issue and they have a repair, then they're supposed to call us back for a reinspection. So, you know, I wanted to ensure the public that um, that everything was going to be, you know, okay. And so, you know, I'm like, if you want me to ride a ride, I'll ride a ride, okay. right, to, to prove it. It's, I'm not a big ride rider because I have vertigo, right? So, but, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll do this if I need to prove it to you that everything's okay. That is awesome. That is just goes to show how this profession, we do go above and beyond to make sure that, the buildings, the devices, anything that anybody is using that is in our scope of authority under the code, we want to make sure that it's safe. Right. You know, not just safe for the public, but also safe mm-hmm. for us. And so that is a great story for our listeners to listen to and, and hear that. And that's just awesome. Um, this one part, so what do you see the future of amusement device inspections going to or looking like? It, you know, each state has different regulations. Some states have an annual inspection that they do with the devices, and then, you know, they may have somebody from, um, you know, the Department of Labor or the Fire Marshal's office actually go and, and do set up inspections. Mm-hmm. So in Virginia, I think we have it right. You know, oh, we, 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 um, we, we work really hard to make sure that the folks that are doing it really understand the commitment that's needed, uh, you know, and the, and the passion. Um, you know, we, we tell them, you know, during the class, we're like, you know, you, you have to realize, you know, that, you know, you do other inspections and your chances of any type of legal action with those type of inspections are usually pretty low. Mm-hmm. But if you're putting your name on that sticker and you're putting it on that device and something happens, your chances of, of legal <laughs> involvement is going to be really high, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, So, right. you know, so we want to make sure that, you know, you have those people that, are, are committed to making sure that that you know when they're there to look at that device it's correct that's a great point that's a great way to end our podcast discussion thank you mike for taking the time out to sp- talk to our listeners and let them know about albemarle county i might be saying it wrong but i'm trying no, my best you, you got it. You got it right. <laughs> and about amusement devices and inspections mike if anybody has any questions how could they go about getting in contact with you they can email me at uh, mdellinger at albemarle.org uh if you don't uh if you can't remember that if you just go onto the albemarle county community development website i'm listed there in the building department thank you mike 
Uh, VBCOA, we are in good hands with Mike, um, teaching the next group of amusement devices, and I appreciate his time t uh, talking with us. This has been Christina Jackson, VBCOA Education Committee, and you've been listening to the VBCOA Podcast, a Building Code Geeks podcast.